Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Welcome to Hard Currency. Welcome back to Hard Currency, indeed, the Financial Times Foreign Exchange podcast, which is returning from its summer break. I'm Roger Blitz, and it's been a roller coaster August so far, with Turkey's lira making most of the waves, emerging market currencies following to some extent in its wake, and sanctions becoming a trigger for foreign exchange moves, all of which sees the mighty dollar killing just about everyone in front of it. With me to look at the implications of this volatile August is Derek Halpany, the forex strategist at MUFG. Derek, Turkey, to begin with. First of all, we should ask, is the turmoil over? We've seen actually something like a 24% bounce in the lira since Monday, following the 28% drops since the start of August. So I suppose you could conclude it's certainly volatile, but is the turmoil over? Uh, well, they've, they've taken steps, obviously, in terms of reducing lira liquidity through cutting the limit of swap positions relative to shareholder equity it's and difficult to short the lira yeah, yeah and uh, i think that was the important one now we've also had this qatar announcement of investments we don't have much detail on that 15 billion yeah. but in terms of what they're doing with it yeah. it's it's still early days but i think all of that is is helping but at the end of the day there are elements of what's going on in turkey that are unique in terms of the way erdogan is is responding but this is quite common in terms of being your kind of textbook balance of payments type crisis in a situation when the fed is raising interest rates and in that sense they're avoiding what always happens and that ultimately is monetary tightening now given the fact that inflation is going to be north of 20 percent on an annual basis over the coming months even though those risks are receding because of the rebound in in the lira we're still in a situation where the real policy rate in turkey is in negative territory. Yes. Does it, in, it, it does have to be the main policy rate. I mean, it can't be other measures alongside it. I mean, the finance minister's just done an investor call on mm. Thursday afternoon, Mr. Albayrak, in which he says it can't just be monetary policy. It has to be fiscal policy as well. He said they're obviously trying a way to they can finesse this issue about Erdogan and interest rates, aren't they? Yeah, sure. And, of course, the, the move we've had, and if they were... In, in terms of FX, that in itself is going to have some impact in terms of narrowing the, the current account deficit. If they take measures in terms of curtailing domestic credit growth yeah. and other elements on the fiscal side to curtail domestic demand, yes, all, all of that will help. But, you know, I think there's a, a large element of this that is still confidence related. Yeah. And given the degree or the, the, the extent of uh, mainly dollar-denominated, but foreign currency-denominated debt that needs to be refinanced. Confidence is way more important for Turkey than it is for some of the other emerging market uh, countries. So in that sense, restoring confidence is perhaps the biggest question mark in terms of where we are now. Yes, and and therefore the turmoil is is only going to be over once that confidence is once there's any semblance of that confidence returning um so investors should expect more uh, more of a volatility well i think without monetary tightening 
And, and again, going back to your point, yes, there's lots of steps that need to be taken in, in unison. But uh, the refusal to tighten policy, I think, will always be an element of creating some degree of uncertainty about the turmoil coming back at some point in the future. But of course, this conference call that you've mentioned, if it's credible and if we start to see action from the Erdogan administration in relation to curtailing domestic demand, it, it certainly helps. And, you know, perhaps it could be enough, but I'd be dubious at this point in time. So should we be a, a, a cautious about thinking that there is, you know, that, that, that investors are after the next EM uh, vulnerable currency? We've had the Argentine peso, we're now having Turkish lira. There's an there's an eject thought that we should simply, you know, they're, they're now investors are now going to move on. Are you are you not so certain about that? Well, you know, I think I, I've written a piece today, and I, I looked back at where some of these countries were in terms of financing risks. You may recall in 2013 when we had the taper tantrum episode from um, the speech from Ben Bernanke and we had the the Fragile Five and I extended it back then and looked at the Shaky Six and I included the Mexican peso. And looking through all of those now today, uh, they've all addressed in, in different degrees those risks and have reduced those, whether it's through a narrower current account deficit or a uh, tighter real policy rate. The, the risks aren't as extensive as they were back then. So that's an important point to make. But I think obviously the dynamic has changed a little bit now relative to back then. And we're in a situation today where I think it's really still all eyes on China to an extent, because that's where you're seeing the slowdown. That's where if the Trump administration become more aggressive on uh, trade tariffs, that's where you could start to see something. And of course, we've had dollar CNY marching towards 7%. We've had another step, which importantly over the short term could help restore some stability as well with reports that the Chinese authorities are uh, curtailing commercial banks from lending into the foreign markets their CNY, which then becomes CNH, and that reduced CNH liquidity has resulted... To Turkey. Yes, but in a different way. So the forward points on a 12-month basis for CNH um, has jumped, making it much more expensive to short the currency. But but the the other reason why investors should be um, looking for the next EM casualty is this issue of of dollar-denominated debt, which has been around for an awful long time. The numbers are astonishing. It's something that, frankly, the world has parked and is regarded as being something we'll deal with it later at some other point. Is that moment coming ever sooner? Well, obviously, the risks become escalated. When you look at the overall dollar-denominated debt figures, like a a lot of it is related to China, of course. But in terms of GDP, it's very small because of obviously the size of the Chinese economy. But when you look at some of the other areas, actually Turkey is is another, it's actually one of the worst. In GDP terms, it's about 36% of GDP, 20 percentage points in dollars and and about 16% in in euros. Uh, You look elsewhere, Chile actually is, in terms of dollar-denominated debt, is is substantial. Now, obviously, given the the copper price sell-off that we've had of late, uh, pretty sharp, that very short term could be a currency that uh, okay. suffers if, again, we see the, the US rates and the dollar advance further, which is a, a, an if, but... <laughs> okay. Derek, why, why, why do these, these terminals always happen in August? It seems to be, uh, yeah, we, we're all we're marching up to the end of July saying, yes, something's going to happen. We've got to be at our desk. We've got to watch it. Why is it always August? 
Yeah, it's a it's a good question, but you know, I can also tell you of Augusts where you know literally nothing happened. Yeah, so you know, there <laughs> there is an element, of course, where yes. you know perhaps senior traders on desks or the decision makers aren't around, and you know, there's less liquidity going yes. around in the markets more generally, and in those type of market conditions, if something fundamental suddenly happens, then you can have outsized moves that then emanate into bigger, more broad-based moves and uh, actually tend to move into September as well. So, you know, we again, based on episodes that tend to happen in August, they don't, they don't disappear. No, they, they, don't. they tend to go into September and, and, as well. And, and leading into August was this um, increasing uh, awareness of the sanctions policy coming out of the Trump administration, which um, if you look at Iran and Turkey, of course, Russia, all of whose currencies have actually weakened quite substantially because of sanctions, or, or in Turkey's case, at least a contribution to the lira's weakness. Uh, is something going on here? Uh, is Trump actually trying to use sanctions as a way of causing currency distress amongst his foes? Well, you know, I guess the US realised their number one position when you are talking financial markets more generally. And I think in, in that sense, Trump sees the power of sanctions and uh, it can be pretty forceful because of course if you have then big devaluations of currencies or uh, interest rates that move higher domestically that can have an impact on, on, on the population so there is a potential greater prospect of getting what you want um, but of course there's a danger to that as well and the greater the turmoil becomes internationally uh, whether it be through sanctions or whether it's through trade tariffs um, at some point that's going to come home to roost and you know the S&P has a lot of its earnings abroad and the, the greater the turmoil becomes internationally um, at some point US investors are going to take note Maybe once the, uh, the, the the kind of surge of of, of um, demand in relation to corporate taxation, and we've got strong buybacks still taking place at the moment, yes. but you know that that buyback flow is not going to last no, indefinitely, no. And, and at some point, um, Trump's policies could uh, could have more implications domestically. Because if it doesn't, it's hard to see how the the dollar doesn't remain in in a very supreme elevated place because. Yeah, there's no sign of the, the U.S. economy slowing down. There's no sign of uh, other central banks like the European Central Bank uh, suddenly tightening or, or speeding up their their, mm. their their monetary path. So you would uh, it's it's having started the year thinking actually this is going to be a year when the dollar is in decline. Mm. We're now coming into the second half, wondering how on earth is it going to fall? Yeah, like I, I must say, like this week, I felt dollar sentiment has become a little bit overdone ultra ultra bullish everybody i haven't met anybody who thinks the other way and that to me is always an indication of perhaps we're close to a turning point and what i would say is uh, and i said this earlier context is very important when we're talking about fx performance so in the context of since the beginning of april yeah dollar's doing great um no no debate on that but i'll give you another context and since trump's presidential victory in november 2016 the DXY on the dollar on a DXY basis, That's the dollar index yeah, that measures it, it against its is, peers, yeah. is down between one and two percent. Yes. Over that period, we've had six Fed rate increases. We've had the largest tax cutting legislation through Congress since the 1980s. We've had trade tariffs, which 
technically and uh, in theory is 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 dollar uh, supportive um and we've had equity markets outperformance in the US relative to elsewhere so all of that and the dollar's down between 1 and 2%. So the, the context there is somewhat different. And I think that the message I would give is, look, and I'm sorry, the other thing we've had is a 180 basis point swing in the differential on a two-year swap between the US and Europe in favour of the dollar. So the message is, look, the differentials, rate differentials and FX, those correlations come and go. And therefore, while it's back in vogue at the moment, that doesn't mean it will be in vogue in two, three four months time so uh, i'd make that point because you know for me i think there's there's evidence and some of the flow data suggests that investors are still uh reluctant to take on more dollar exposure Mm. so because of the interest rate differential spread hedging costs are rising for investors and if you want to keep your hedging costs stable but invest in the same amount then you've got to lower your hedging ratio if you don't do that, then you invest less. And some of the flow data suggests that's what's been happening. Certainly from a Japanese investor perspective, we've seen flows actually selling of U.S. treasuries and buying of eurozone debt. Um, and of course, hedging in, in Europe is a lot cheaper because of negative rates at the short end of the yield curve. Yes. Okay. Brilliant point to end. My thanks to Derek Halpenny of MUFG. Join us again for Hard Currency next week to see how all of these developments in the foreign exchange market play out, and in particular the direction of Turkey's lira. Until then, from Hard Currency, it's goodbye. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, And how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.